Thought Bubble Audio. And welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. My name is Frank. This is our episode for 602, A Few Good Women. And I am joined, as I always am, by my friendly co-host, Tim. I couldn't decide if you're my friend or my co-host, so you're both. I mean, I am both those things. And I guess I am friendly. I try to be. When you, you want to be. You have your moments. I try to be courteous and kind to everybody. Yeah. Frank, I like to tell people the truth. And sometimes that can get me into trouble or it can completely vindicate me. So <laughs> we'll, we'll just see how tonight goes. I like truth very much, Lois. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is uh, that is fantastic. Well, uh, oh, man, I, I actually really enjoyed this episode and I can't wait to, to get into it. Um, mm. But before I do, I do want to open up the mailbag real quick. And, uh, th- oh man, you know, I was, I wasn't sure if you were going to do it, so I was just going to breeze past it. I wasn't going to make a thing out of it, but I'm glad you did. Rachel writes to us, uh, with a correction. Uh, she points out that Jean, when he gave Alex the name Sentinel, um, you know, we, we referenced the fact that in the comics that, that is a, a male character, but, yeah, uh, nor are caught, nor caught, nor caught, but, uh, Rachel correctly points out that John actually refers to that character as a woman uh, and, and use uh, feminine pronouns. So um, when describing that character, to Alex. So thank you, Rachel. I, I went back and watched that that scene in the episode and you are indeed correct. Uh, Norcott is is female in this in this iteration. So thank you for that uh, addition. And we also got a note from Marianne who says, uh, happy to have you guys back to listen to weekly to answer your question about what the original plan was for Kara in the season five finale and Melissa's maternity leave. Melissa says in an Entertainment Weekly interview, which I'll, I'll throw a link in the show notes uh, for those who want to read it, but she says uh, there were, this is a quote, there were so many iterations of how season five was going to end and season six was going to go because of the pregnancy and my maternity leave and because of the pandemic. I know they changed it quite a few times, so I don't remember, to be honest. It feels like ages ago. I was always going to be sent to the Phantom Zone, but I don't think I was ever going to stay as long as I did for the amount of episodes that I'm there. End quote. So uh, thank you for that, Marianne, because yes, that that is a helpful. We we had gotten that impression that there was a lot Mm -hmm. of shifting of what was ultimately planned um and and i think that's where we had gotten why there was so much confusion um yes. around like what exactly is is going on i had had conversations separately over on superman and lois tv talk where we were we were talking about you know what exactly is going on in supergirl this season and what's with melissa's pregnancy and maternity leave and all that stuff um there was just we'd had conversations over there if if folks listening to that show as well you might have heard me being a little confused about some of that too so Mary, uh, Marianne pointing out that even Melissa is, can't remember what all the iterations were. <laughs> so, uh, so there 
you go. Uh, the, that's that's the those are the highlights of our feedback. Uh, thank you to everyone who writes to us at mail at supergirltvtalk.com or you can send us notes right on the contact form at supergirltvtalk.com. And uh, we sure do appreciate it, uh, each and every one of you, uh, just like we appreciate each and every one of you who uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio because that is what pays the bills around here. And uh, you all are amazing for doing that. So thank you. Thank you so, so very much. Well, Tim, what are the vital stats for this episode? What do we got? What are we looking at here? Episode number two of season six, the final season of Supergirl. Should I say that every time? The final season of Supergirl? They do in the promos, so. They do. On the final season of Supergirl. Oh, is it the final season? I wasn't sure, but I guess it is. Thanks for rubbing it in. Um, Episode titled, A Few Good Women, which of course is a play on the play, A Few Good Men, by Aaron Sorkin, slash the movie by Aaron Sorkin, directed by Rob Reiner. Starring Tom Cruise, Demi Moore. I always forget Rob Reiner directed that movie. Yeah, and you should actually look at like the movies that Rob Reiner directed right uh, before and right after because he was on a hot streak. It was amazing. Harry Met Sally, probably around Uh, that time. Princess Bride. Oh, like yeah, but they're like all in a row. Like he was just movie gold for a solid like six or seven movies in a row. It's amazing. Um. But anyway, enough enough about a few good men, a few good women. Uh, written by Rob, uh, story by Robert Robner and Jessica Keller, teleplay by Jay Faber and Jess Cardos. Um, this is this episode is directed by Jesse Warren, a staple of the show. Mm-hmm. And Frank, I loved this episode. Yeah, um, me too. I this thought was this a fun was fun. It was fun, and it was also really character centric across the board, which I I absolutely appreciated. It was. You know, we we're, we're you can tell we're getting older when we talk about superheroes because we're we're so less interested in the action and much more interested in the character development yeah. and the process. And this episode was heavy on character character development. It was basically setting the stage. It was setting the stage for how everyone feels at this exact moment in the show's in the show's timeline and and i loved that and so before we dive into that let's talk about some good bits frank oh my god i thought you said let's talk about our feelings so, no, I, have, I have so many feelings <laughs> okay go home go home. um <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i have a lot of feelings i love Transylvania, the planet where vampires come from i thought that I was so dumb but so fun all at the same time like and i there's a reason for it and i need to talk about i like we could talk about it later but or no no we're gonna talk about it now because it's gonna fuel the rest so we get silas right silas the the vampire from Transylvania, um which Transylvania is not a DC Comics thing. That is no. a pure Supergirl gold right there. And I was thinking, all right, so like he didn't have to be a vampire. Like, truthfully, he does not. He could be any, could have been any kind of alien, but they deliberately chose vampire. And, and here's why. Because they were playing with the concept of the Phantom Zoners, the Phantoms, right? The Zoners, if you're watching Smallville, Phantoms, if you're, um, yes, if you're watching Supergirl. And the 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 phantom uh, the phantoms in the phantom zone where they get its name from, uh, which I which I kind of like in the show. The um, they feed on your 
your fears and and give them back to you. So and they like which makes you kind of go which makes you kind of go crazy. They're basically dementors for the DC universe, sure. right? Yeah. Um and so they and I like that because they're actually vampires. Like that's what a vampire does. It drains something out of you and then you become like you can become the very thing that like uh, that is, you know, that kills you or or slays you or whatever and so like that robs you of your humanity so i liked that they were like playing with the like a very almost traditional vampire and giving us a different kind of vampire archetype they actually the zoners even actually kind of look like um count or uh count orloff uh, not orloff uh, count um um olak orak olak count olak from nosferatu right the, oh, you know like oh, the oh, sun. Oh. Like that that's kind of what they like they, they really do kind of look like like they look like a tradition they in a weird way they they look like a traditional vampire with an alien twist and not the traditional vampire in the Dracula sense, but in the original like original folkloric like demons of the dark vampires. Yeah. You know, big domed heads, pointy ears, big sharp teeth. That's a vampire. Right. And so they give us both of them in the same episode and how one cows to the other one. And I just thought that, that was like really cool. That was very that was that was something that was thought out and wrapped around Dracula jokes like this is going to suck, you know. And, yes, you know, like, that was uh, I loved that that was going to suck. And the uh, yeah, the vampire jokes were, were very great for me. They were, that was, they, that yeah, was hilarious. Me too. You're I so right it. about the Nosferatu comparison, though. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's solid. That's that's really good. Of course, my personal favorite kind of vampire is uh, the energy vampire. Uh, have you <laughs> have you seen yes. <laughs> have you seen uh, what we do in the shadows? The, the show. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um. Oh man, I love the energy. I love the en- I love the energy vampire. Just like the oh no, the worst kind of vampire. Amazing. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, yeah, that was those were good bits. Uh, I, I I loved that. I loved, um, yeah, the Dracula jokes were were definitely a big one for me. Count Orlock. I was Orlock. Orlock. You, you, you got I was, it. I was circling that. I was circling around that drain. I was close. What uh, other than the vampire jokes? What uh, what else you got for good bits? Um, I thought the casual superhero gear that Jean and Brainy were wearing was pretty fun. They were like, this is my Under Armour, but I have my yeah. superhero symbol on it. I know. We've branded... seen Brainy wear stuff like, yeah, branded stuff. Yeah. We've seen Brainy wear stuff like that before, but I'm pretty, this might be the first time we've seen Jean wear that. I can't remember. But anyway, it's, I liked it. I think I you're right. I, I, Brainy has worn that one before. I think he even wore it last week with his three dots on it. And it's, yeah, like mm-hmm. uh, Under Armour. An Under Armour uh, like base layer, but I don't think we'd ever seen John wear that before. So that was that's kind of cool that they have their they have their casual wear and then they have their their uh, uniforms for going out and fighting crime, mm-hmm. being seen in public. Yeah. I I uh, liked uh, on uh, speaking of branding, uh, just every time we see Big Belly Burger, I love it. Kelly came in. Kelly came in to like feed the troops, and she had a bunch of Big Belly Burger. Uh, I just love it. That's been consistent across the whole, you know, Arrowverse. Like it's, I think on every show, uh, maybe except for every show has big belly burger. Yeah. Except for Superman Superman and Lois so far. Although no, actually they, they think they made it, they made a reference. I don't think we saw the logo, but I think, I think in the pilot they make a reference. I think Lois talks about picking it up. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's one of the very few things that is actually consistent on every single show. I love it. 
It's fun. Me too. It's fun for me, me every too. time. Um, and that is consist- a DC Comics thing for folks who are wondering. Big Belly Burger. Yeah. Um, not consistent, but new. New hangout space. Big open floor plan. It's just like a giant room. When you How lose do you feel a, about it? When you lose a DEO, you got to have somewhere to hang out, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 going to be, I predict this is going to be our new, you know, Star Labs DEO uh, it, that's arrow cave. absolutely what it is. Yeah. You know, they got the lab in the corner. You know, you got your stools in the middle. You know, no, you know, it's all shared space. It's the Wave Rider. It's Star Labs. It's exactly. the Arrow Cave, whatever else. But truthfully, it looks okay. It's like... It's like really big. It's like really spaced out, and so um, it's like it's a, it's okay. It's very spaced out, but it feels like they were they use like one corner of it. Like everyone sort of huddled together in one part of it, and the place mm-hmm. itself is pretty big. So yeah. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder about what what like a lot of the spaces. A lot of it is empty space. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. It's a lot, just of, a lot of empty space. Yeah. But um, but I like that they have a new hangout space. Even yes. in the final season, they were still like new stuff let's do it yeah like, exactly yeah and i think that i think that is i i like that they're, they're clearly not like writing off the show like eh, this is the last season whatever we'll just do whatever they're not half-assing like, it in the final season no and i really appreciate that yeah. um uh andrea and william are back they like like we 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 guessed last week we weren't sure but here they are again here they are <laughs> I really like it because it's actually a really nice sense of continuity. Like because n- normally you get a new cast member for a season yes. and then they move on. And, you, and I actually feels like oh, I've actually watched the same people for several seasons. And I'm not talking like just Team Supergirl here, but you know, like, but just like e- even side characters like that. It's nice that there's. It's nice that they're contributing. Yeah. to the story's theme to its progression um and 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 they don't even rely on supergirl to pro, like to move the plot forward it's not revolving around her the same way and i i, I when it, in accordance with them and i i like that a lot i'm i'm on yeah. board i'm glad i'm glad they're around i was yeah i was sort of concerned about what since it like from IMDb, it looked like they weren't going to be around anymore, and and there was not really much. The episode descriptions didn't indicate whether they'd be around anymore, so I was kind of concerned about that because it it, it felt like we had a good thing going with them, and I would have hated to mm-hmm. see them go, um, sort of abruptly, like show up in episode one and then and then be gone. So I'm glad that they appear to be sticking around. I hope that they both have um that special guest star status for most of the season where they're you know last season it was they were both in about like eight episodes a piece eight ten episodes a piece i would love that is to that continue. it really wow. yeah i mean they just you know some episodes just doesn't don't, don't call for them um and that's uh, in in shows of this type that have a a, a guest star like not 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 like the big bad per se but mm-hmm. a, a somebody who's sort of joining the the protagonist side um in in like a, a hero show that's like about average to do for them to be there for like half three quarters of the episodes. So I hope that's the plan this season. Uh, but no confirmation of that. I'm just glad to, I'm glad to see them because it does. It adds that continuity and like the da- the that Daily Planet, the uh, Catco headquarters seems like it's going to be the center of a lot of action, in particular while while Supergirl's in the zone. So mm-hmm. I I'm glad that that's that's happening. 
Me too. And I mean, they can, uh, we'll get into it later, but they contribute to Storytime Village quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, here. So hopefully they do stick around. Um, I like that they had an excuse for why the courtroom was on lockdown. Uh, and it's it's oh, like it's to protect yeah. the jury because of all the stuff around Lex. So they have them remote and sequestered and whatever off site. And it's like, nah, yeah, right. Totally. It's because of that. Not because of COVID. Not because you can't put 20 people in the same room. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a, that's a great point. And I did think that out like in the middle of like the courtroom scene. I was like, oh, COVID. Right. That's right. why you're all not there. But I didn't even think that. Like, that was also a story reason that they actually gave a reason for that. Like, this man is so dangerous that you stay over there. Um, That's what they, I, that think is, John, I think John said it. He, like, in passing, uh, and he mm-hmm. just mentioned that. And I was like, huh, that's a, that's, they've, they worked that into the story. That's fun. Yeah. Love that. Love that very much. Um, I love that Lex calls Eve, Eve, that exchange where he was like, Eve. And she's like, Miss Tessmacher. Okay, Miss Tessmacher then. Love you know it. that and then it, I that was that was great. That was great. And it what a, yeah. Fun fun little I mean a little bit of fan service but but also fits fits in this story and like and then well, the fact yeah, that he even well, caught himself a couple of times out once or twice after that. Um Well, it not not only that but like, you know, but his relationship with her it does teeter a lot on Eve, Miss Tessmacher, Eve, Miss Tessmacher, in like the way that they treat each other and, and all of that. And so, in some ways, in a weird way, Miss Tessmacher is actually more intimate, even though she doesn't like see it that way. And so, or she might not see it that way. But Lex kind of uses that to his advantage here. Yeah, and that's right. It was, it was cool. And it was a moment of her having some power over him in a, in a way not necessarily power over him but but pushing no, back but on you're him. right yes that's exactly right it's 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 excellent of her to do that demanding and, respect it, i'm not yes. Eve. i'm miss Tessmacher to you that's right and and i loved that but but it also that further cements like how vile like what he says and does to her it, like because he like lets her have that victory even though like it doesn't yep. actually matter to that's him. right like that was that was it, it almost makes it even worse that she does it in retrospect because he just completely demolished it it's, yeah it's really good um it was it was great writing uh go ahead you so uh, after that we had the uh the the uh, Phantom Zone simulation, right? With uh, for, from that Brainiac puts together for for Nia. Um, I I really love that that Nia's like, oh, it's like it's like the holodeck on Next Gen. <laughs> I missed her saying that. I like. I wish that I had heard it, but I do love how much of a nerd she is. It's fun. I know it's great. It's fun. It's so fun. And it was like the hollow. It was like the holodeck in a way that also like the that room being that big gives precedent to the space being that large that's at right the same time you know so it, it, it there is a reason for it to be so big um when you look at it that way um and and th- when when we saw the phantoms in the phantom zone those totally those remind you of scrolls from the mcu yeah like a from little Captain bit marvel a little bit like they're it's not that... green and they're not but it, but it is sort of i mean really what you said about about them looking like the nosferatu uh, uh having the nosferatu look is actually pretty pretty apt as well yeah i mean you could argue that the scrolls also look like nosferatu that they count look count orlock so yeah um so you can go you can kind of go either way with that but um um count orlock came first everyone just so we're aware but uh they do look a little bit like scrolls but i think if you bald 
pointy ears aliens, it's almost impossible to separate yourself out from scrolls at that point. I thought you were talking about me, and I was like, well, all right, you don't I have was to. Going, I was going to make a you joke, and I decided to sidestep it because I'm an adult and kind, but I'm, I'm neither of those things, so I went for it. Those things, so I'm glad you went for it. I really liked the physical projections of Martian Manhunter's psychic powers. Really dug that. Very cool. Uh, yeah, because normally, I mean, truthfully, since since X Men, since nine, since two thousand, we've watched telepathy happen on screen, and it just nothing happens. You know, it's just like somebody like squinting really hard, right, furrowing their brow or anything like that. But I, but in the comics, like everyone's always got like wavy lines coming out of their yeah. head or like all this stuff, and I'm like, yes, yes, comic books. That's what I'm talking about. Show me, show me in the in the screen, on the panel, on the page, physically that mental power at work. And yeah. I thought that was cool. I'm on board for that. Yeah, that's um, it, it. It it really it really like gives a nice physical manifestation to that to that effect. Uh, I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing that I, I really liked was uh, just to, to take it back to the courtroom for just a second um, is the way, first of all, the like power stance when Lena walks, like bursts in the, the courtroom. Oh, yeah. That was oh, like Aragorn swinging awesome. the doors open. Yes, oh. totally. Yeah. And mm-hmm. how she she talked to her mother about how Lex will know how to get under my skin and and yada, yada. And then she goes and does exactly that to him. Like she mm-hmm. she uses sibling rivalry and and their relationship to get him to admit uh, that like yeah I do want to take credit for your work and yeah I do want this this and that and the other thing like yeah I suck um, she gets him to sort of snap in front of the jury I mean ultimately it doesn't really matter but she has a moral victory in the uh, in the short term where she she is playing mind games with him and he does what she wants him to do. That's uh, right, and it's, it was a masterful use of like the sibling rivalry and the I know how to I know how to get to, you know how to get under my skin and I know just as well how to get under your skin. Yeah, that's truly the the a few good men right with that reference right there. You know, it's like I want the truth. You can't, can't handle, handle the, truth. the truth. Except, in fact, that it turns out that people really can handle the truth, and but not in the way in the good way that happens in a few good men. Yeah, there's actually layers to this title. And this episode, like, ah, man, this is this was quality Supergirl. Yeah, I was like really jazzed at the end of this episode. I was like, yes, all cylinders firing on all cylinders. Let's do it. Totally. Um, Yeah. Speaking of firing on all cylinders, the combo, the combo power usage of Martian Manhunter and Dreamer. I thought that was like we've never really seen that before. They were like, like, you know, with our powers combined, we're going to like. You know, it almost reminded me of like Marvel versus Capcom, where you like call mm. in like your second and do a special move, and it was kind of like that. But they like complemented their powers, complemented one another. That was cool. That's also very comic book. I'm on. I was on board for it that. It was. Yeah, yeah. Little little Wonder Twins action for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But better, but um, cooler. Yeah, yeah. You go next. You go. You go. You I go. I I liked that a lot. Uh, I thought that was very cool. I like in general that Dreamer is. And I, I talked about this a little bit last week, I think maybe in the trailer TV talk segment, but I, I gotten the sense that Dream, they're building up Dreamer's powers more and they're building her up as a character and she is going to 
she's taking a bigger role than she had in the past. And I love that she's like, you know, she's training with Brainy and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I, I love seeing her come into her own. Um, uh, but, but another good bit is, um, when, when they read the verdict in the courtroom and you had all the, the video screens of all the jury members, there was a little piece of me that was half hoping, you know, we'd gotten the mistest mocker. We'd gotten, you know, we have Otis around there. It was a little piece of me that was hoping for like one by one, each of the, the jurors to go guilty, guilty, <laughs> guilty. <laughs> Not not how courtrooms work at all. Not but at that's all. Not, a, not, not at, at all. all. But I that would have been super fun. Yeah. Uh, but would have changed the outcome of this entire. Episode. Yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, it would have been hilarious if they were like not guilty, not guilty, not yeah, guilty. yeah. I was I was a little bit was like that would be so like a fun little nod. But I mean they wouldn't ever actually do it. But yeah, yeah that actually reminded me. I loved the um when Otis shows up in his in his getup. Yes. And he was like hey, as like, as like as like the bailiff or whatever. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, Boom. Yeah. yeah, boom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> boom. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I also really liked when he showed up in prison and he was gonna sit down at the table with Lillian and and Lex. Uh, uh, he was like, ah, uh, uh. no, I'm like, I don't know. I actually Otis. Anytime Otis shows up, it's it's getting. He's becoming more and more comic relief. Like he he always mm-hmm. sort of was, but he was a little menacing when he first showed up. Yeah, he was he was. You know the the brawn, if not the brains, but now he's becoming more and more of a doofus in in a really funny way. It is, and I'm I'm here for it. Uh, I liked Andrea's. I want my William. I want my next Lex pose. Yes. And I was like, oh, that hurt me, but I kind of like. I roll, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you know, last week we talked about how we were hoping that there would be more moments this season of the characters sitting down together and, you know, having a meal or having a glass of wine or karaoke night or one, any of those things we've seen them do and have a heart to heart. And we got that. We got a couple of those with Jean and McGon. We got that a little bit with, with, uh, Brainy and, and Nia, but I, I felt like we especially got it with Kelly and Alex, mm-hmm. Kelly reassuring Alex, like everything's going to be okay. And you got this and you know, you're no one, no one can do this like you can. And it's, that was exactly the sort of, you know, intimate uh, character moment. I don't mean intimate in the romantic sense, but just like the two people being vulnerable with each other and um, sharing their feelings. And, and th- that's what this show does so well. Like the interpersonal mm-hmm. relationships are what make it matter. Like like you said before, we when we were kids, we wanted to see them punch stuff. And I still want to see them punch some stuff. But I also want to see them interact with each other and and. Uh, if there was an episode yeah. that did that really well and didn't have any punching stuff, that'd be fine with me too. That's right, and that was kind of this episode. It didn't have a lot of punching stuff, not a ton. Like not, it had some. It, it was cool. Like the fa- the phantom attack was quite cool, very cool. Um, yeah, but uh, I actually liked when everybody got hit and John lands on the couch, and a part of me was like, "Did David Harewood ask to be thrown <laughs> off the couch?" I hope so. Like instead, I, I wonder if that's I wonder if that's a thing. Oh man. Um, yeah, good call on that. Also, with the intimate moments, there you get kind of two of them here, and I really just like the the. We'll talk about it in Storytime Village, but I like the continued evolution in relationship and friendship of Lena and Andrea. Like they just didn't like leave. The, oh, like we were friends, but we just won't interact anymore. Like there's like a like a conscious choice to bring her into the fold. Yeah. Now and I like and to like and to 
look at these two extremely powerful women and their relationship and their goals and all and what that means for power and all that stuff. And we'll talk about that again. I, I just thought that was good overall as a good bit. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I like that they're that they are doing that and that they are. I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm glad Andrea is sticking around because I, I look forward to that friendship blossoming a little bit more and maybe her becoming part of the group like Sam sort of did back in like mm-hmm. season four. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I would like to see that happen. Um, just, a, a button on, on good bits, uh, before we head into, uh, Professor Comics Corner, uh, was when Silas at the end of the episode is, uh, opens his fridge and just goes, oh, which one of you thieving idiots drank my O negative? Yeah. You like that? I yeah. love that. He opens up his, his little, uh, mason jar of, of blood to drink <laughs> in the fridge. Oh, I just, it was very like what we do in the shadows type of, type of a moment. Very. Yeah. Very. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that. But, but, uh, um, I mentioned Professor Comics Corner and I think we can kind of transition into that with, with this because we got the introduction of a major Krypton character. Indeed. Indeed, and that character is Supergirl, Frank. She's back. She's back, she's baby. She's alive in the Phantom Zone, and she discovers her dad, Zor-El. Yeah. He's there in the zone. I mean, this is kind of Professor Comics Corner, but, I mean, it's really it also is. a good bit. But, I yeah, mean, it's it both. Because, you know. It bridges the gap between them. That's right. He's from, I mean, I wrote it in the notes there. You know, like, he's he's Kara's dad. Like, yeah, like, that's who he is. Um, Are you suspicious? Like, it's not really him. I am. I am a little suspicious because we're in the Phantom Zone, and and um, yeah. I mean, there is there is no reason to think that that there couldn't be some kind of Phantom that can take whatever form it wants, um, especially a form that is pleasing to you or familiar to you. Um, yeah, because as far as we knew, he died on on Krypton when when. Uh, when it went kaboom right so and, and there's also this whole thing with you know, there's the whole thing with like you know the they turn your dark the, the phantoms turn your darkest fear into your reality and it makes you go crazy yeah. so like it's her darkest reality her dad being alive but not alive and not helping like is it like is it actually a phantom trying to get out of the zone is it zod trying to get out of the zone even though the show actually alludes to superman killing zod earlier in the show remember they like win makes a reference to him snapping zod's neck or or something like that yeah so um so i don't i don't know but um but zorel it's cool to be there i don't think i told you this on air i mean you know off air that i i'm rereading some supergirl runs um i didn't um i don't know if i said i know i i can't remember if i said it last week or not but you know i went through jeff Loeb's run um and now and i'm all the way up to sterling gates's run and there's an evolution zorel actually shows up quite a bit at the start of jeff Loeb's run and all and runs kind of all the way through to Sterling Gates's, yes. and I'm just um, and there's an evolution to his character that I mean I don't want to spoil for anybody who wants to read it later, but like, if her relationship with her dad in the comics is a little bit more complicated than just he raised me and then my planet blew up, and so I like his inclusion here because it is it is actually comic it is comic driven maybe not him living in the zone. But uh, but I do like I do like that he's around 
Although I thought it was weird that they don't hug. And I know it's like it might be a COVID thing that they but it's like I yeah. thought that was so odd that it was like, Dad, you're alive. No no physical expression right. of joy at all. It, it definitely is because it must be because of COVID, but yeah, it it did it is it felt absent, right? Like you would expect you would expect that, but then your your brain kicks in and you're like, Yeah, I guess that's because of because of yeah, reasons, well, also, I suppose. In some, in some ways that makes me that's the thing that makes me suspicious. Because sure. I'm like, now why wouldn't either of you do that? Because you both thought you were dead, and now you're alive. But anyway, yep, yep. I will say crisis, right? So like, sure. even if she thought he was dead, crisis. So now, you know that, that I don't even know things. if cri- I don't. Even, I mean, I mean, shut the planet blew up, and he even said himself, he's like, I. Well, we'll talk about it in Story Time Village. We'll, we'll get there before we do. I do want to say. We have seen Zorel before in brief flashes back in seasons like one and two when mm-hmm. when Allura was around. We saw like a flashback to like young Kara on on Krypton with uh, with, with Allura uh, and and like we saw a hologram version of him um, played by a different actor. So I don't, just just um, when with the um, uh, uh, what's it called? The Black Mercy. Black Mercy, thank um, yeah. you. I was looking it up right now. It was driving me crazy. Yep. yep. Um, when yeah, when Supergirl Mercy. was was had the Black Mercy, you know, the big like black squid looking thing attached to her uh, mm-hmm. chest, and and she yep. saw like what you know what she what she was dreaming, what she wanted to see. Um, she dreamed being back with her with her uh, family, and so we saw a, a different actor portraying Zorel. So now both. Zorel and Allura have been recast at some point in the series. Yeah, I mean that's okay, but you know I'm of the variety of person that believes that the part is bigger than the actor. Yeah, especially for parts like these. So I'm like, I'm always willing to see somebody else put a stamp on a character, even in guest form like sure. this. And so uh, I'm glad to see, and I can also see why his um, casting was hidden. Right. You know, yes. You know, this was one of the one of the actors where they were like, we will not reveal who this is. Um, and so I, I liked that. This is this is indeed one of them. Yeah. So. Um, so good stuff. Frank, let's talk story time. Let's talk story time village. Now, of course, the showrunners explicitly said that this this theme of the season is the abuse and limits of power from within and out. Right. You know that the D.E.O. is gone. How far is too far? the power inside of you, blah, 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 all this stuff. But of course, there's always more than one theme and and its intricacies. And I have discovered uh, two more in here. One of them is we're going with unbiased journalism here, which is really more the importance of truth and um, and the dangers of more rel- moral relativism. Mm. That's this is kind of where they this is kind of where they're landing. This is all a lot of it is catco centric with the you know like what is what is journalism or unbiased journalism in the age of biased journalism um <laughs> right and, you know yeah right and so and what does that look like and how do you like who's speaking the truth and at what moments and all that stuff and how does that tie into power and all and so some of those things that will play off of one another and so that's a one way i'm glad that william and andrea are back 
And the and the next one I've seen this this one I found actually had more weight to it in this in this episode is like this idea of overcoming fear and like fe- there's always a fear of something every literally every character expresses their fear of something in this episode and and that ties directly into the phantoms right because they they suck the happiness and make you relive your worst fears to drive you insane and so like and that is the fear again dementors harry potter um so but again like that's also the vampire vampires in literature don't just suck blood that's the traditional vampire blah 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 but a vampire takes something from you you know and and don't give it back to feed themselves whether that is your your hope or your freedom or your love or something like that they they take and they take and they take and they give nothing back until you are robbed of everything that you were that's a vampire in a story um and so it has really nothing to do with blood whatsoever um except blood is life yeah the blood is a symbol for everything else you just mentioned like them sucking blood is symbolic of everything else they're taking from you that's correct that's right um and so um but you don't have to be you don't have to actually literally suck blood to be a vampire in a story. Um, that's the power of the the power of the symbol. Um, so let's um, let's start with the theme that they that the showrunners have said it, uh, is the the most prevalent this season: the abuse and limits of power from within or for out. And in this episode, that all has to do with Lex Luthor, who is just the poster child of toxic masculinity. In this episode, it's crazy how much they just fed into the like the worst kind of person that lex is and like that is the he is the perfect character to be a vessel for all of that to be a vessel for all the worst things about masculinity about humanity uh but but about humanity in general but masculinity in particular um lex represents the worst things uh, uh about uh about being a human about being a man and he is the perfect sort of canvas to to project those things onto because he's lex luther he is you know greatest criminal mind of our time etc like he is he's everything he is all those bad things and it's always credible to project those bad things onto him Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and so he has this legal plan, quote unquote, uh, to get out of prison, which um, which Lillian finds hilarious um, and doesn't trust him. But because but her big thing is like the she says the the Luthers always attain selfish goals by appearing selfish. Right. This is how they they abuse their power of wealth of one percenters of like all of this stuff. Um, and they, oh, like, I'm here to help. I'm here to this. Isn't it like, you know, thoughts and prayers from the Luthers, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. That's their style. And they get and it's just all for themselves. And so if Lex is overtly evil, like that actually hurts that their power, like just being evil, just like this is what I want and I want to rule it like, you know, like that doesn't work for her. She's like, it's all about the secrecy. Right. And it turns out it's not. And that's what I think is what, what they play so well here. So as we get, as we, as we move forward in this episode, we'll talk about. And so, um, 
Lex's big thing is abusing Eve's feelings for him. Like she's testifying, she's going to testify in the trial, and he basically uses her feelings and what she did in season five to damage her credibility as a witness and then make sure that her testimony is thrown out because she's like really the because lean is not going to testify eve is the only thing that is holding lex accountable for his actions and he demolishes her speak to that what did you think of that yeah he he does he he it's it is her he takes away her credibility which is like the one thing she has left you know she's been through a lot uh over the past season uh or so at his hand and at a moment when she is coming to to court to try and right her wrongs to try and make up for the the things that she did for love of him and to protect him she is finally standing up to him and like we said before she even takes a stand with little something as little as don't call me eve call me miss tessmacher and he makes her pay he makes her pay for it he is I mean, he is pure evil and he is he will he has been using her up until now and he continues to use her uh, and and to abuse her at every possible turn uh, uh, and 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 has absolutely no regard for her as another human being like absolutely none doesn't care. Mm-hmm. She is a means to his ends at every possible turn over and over again. He proves that she is just a means to his ends. And even in this moment. He lets her, he gives her just enough rope to hang herself. Like he gives her just enough because he's, as she's testifying, he takes her down a line of questioning that he knows will lead her to uh, admit some of her own guilt in some of what she's done and will lead her to give enough of an appearance that uh, maybe she's just a jilted lover and and she can't be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. And he knows that's what he's going to do. He knows that's what he's going to do before she knows that before she knows that's what he's doing. And um, and unfortunately, it works because he's a, you know, a genius. But uh, he's the greatest criminal mind of our time. Yeah. Yeah. Twelfth yeah. level, level intellect. Exactly. And I like not that I like that that happened to Eve, you know, because poor Eve, you know, you know, she's basically, you know, she's, she's gone through a lot. Been through a Eve lot. Test Been through the ringer. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I like that it does help set the stage for Lena, right? You know, because because Lena is so important here. Her testimony is more comprehensive because she is the flip side of Lex's coin. Sure, her, she, has alt- she had altruistic purposes that are corrupted by Lex instead of these selfish purposes that get foiled by altruism. Um, and so, I like, she is, she can speak, like Eve can speak to, the damage that Lex causes personally and also globally. Um, but she, she comes at it from a place of like implicating herself. And that's, that's, you know, quite brave. Not that Eve doesn't, cause she's like, yeah, I killed those people like, or right. whatever. Cause you told me to. Right. So they both implicate themselves. Um, they do. They do. And that's yeah. part of what he's, I mean, that's, he, he knew that, that the only way that they could testify against him would be by, by doing that. Right, right, and as you had said in the the, um, that was a good bit. She used like sibling bickers, basically. Yes. She's like, I'm going to use the, the siblings to help to get him to create stuff. But Lex has this amazing monologue, and I, 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 I cut it down here. But he says, um, he says to her, because you're a Luther, I kept you by my side to do what is necessary. It takes a lot of greatness to wield power. 
and I wield power to make the world a better place. If you build a good life for yourself, there's always somebody waiting to tear you down and to punish you for your greatness. I like power, and I have the guts to do something with it. Um, and I love that because he's basically going on a Twitter rant. Yeah. Um, like, it's very much like the boo-hoo, people are out to get me, and, but, like, and like if you would all do it, too, if you had the trigger, and, yes. you, and this, and yes. this, and this, and all this stuff, and... And I loved it because he is like legitimately speaking the truth. This is how I feel. And as comics go, as all these things, like you listen to that and you're like, that guy's going down. You just totally implicated yourself. You few good men to yourself. Yes. Colonel Jessup. Yeah. You're like, like, we have rules. And though in in a society, we have rules. And those rules are governed by this. Who's going to control this? You, Colonel Laffey. You da da da. I just watched that movie. It's that's why it's fresh in my head. Um, I watched it for Academy Rewind. Check it out on thoughtbubbleaudio.com or academyrewind.com or other other places podcasts can be found. But don't email them. Don't email them. I'm not checking. <laughs> I'm not checking. It's a running it's not a joke. It's not, I know it's, it's not. Yeah, it's I not believe joke. you. I don't even know what the password is anymore. And I'm techie. Like, I check my, I am obsessed with my email. I check it all the time. I've checked it four times since recording this episode. Um, I haven't actually. I treasure our time together. Frank. Oh, that's that's very that's very. Do you know what the most important thing in the world to me right now is? I feel like it's me. It is. It's talking to you, Frank. Me and everyone it's else it. listening to us. Indeed, mm. indeed. So, anyway, so Alex goes on this whole rant, and then continuing forward with continuing forward with like. Um, Lex's toxic masculinity. He's like, this entire case is falling apart because it hinges on bitter women. And I'm like, ooh, that hurts. But then it also like maybe like it's Eve, Lena, the prosecutor, and the judge, the like the only women in that room. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, literally, like I'm turn like it's just like you're up against me because I'm a rich white man. Yeah. The and I just loved the direction they took with that it was it's, very direct it was very i mean it was you know i was gonna say it was like a dog whistle but it was more than that i mean it was like everyone can hear that like he was not being subtle about the like he was being misogynistic and 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 he was he was saying like you hate me you know you hate me for what i am um and playing playing the victim as if as if being a white dude makes him some kind of victim. It's true, but is that like but he even says later he's like like I like I understand I underestimated the power of truth cuz he gets exonerated yeah. they're like not guilty. And um he gets exonerated and he's like what? Like I didn't what? Like I really thought like I thought I was going to lose. Like right? I did, like he thought Lena had him. And he like said it all anyway. He's like, I'm too far gone now, so I'm just gonna say my exactly. I'm gonna say my piece, and and he and like so like he he says the one of the like the jurors or whoever was like, oh, what's the system? And like they went up against him and blah blah blah. There's obvious Trump parallels yes. here, right? And yes. I, we don't get we don't get political on here on on Supergirl uh, TV talk, but but it's there. Supergirl does. And that's, I think, the important thing. Supergirl has a very clear political um, agenda. It does. They have never, ever, ever been, well, I mean, since it, it found its footing with, like, the law and order of the Arrowverse, you know, like, yeah, yeah. lines. Yeah. Um, 
So, well, I mean, we like, had the whole, the whole, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, but the, the whole like immigration storyline with the, with the aliens it, and yeah, um, exactly. It's yeah, it's ripped from, it is, it is, that's where they get, they, they go with the culture, they go with the cultural moment. And, and I, I like that. I like that very much about the show. Um, and, and so, but they're, they've set him up in this like, boo like oh you came after me like i'm just like no one else i'm no one else i'm not treated as badly like lex luther treated bad more badly than anybody else the badliest and that's kind of like yep. that's where they've that's where they've gone with it and i truthfully i really like that direction because it's honestly lex luther like it doesn't it is it, that's what i liked about it is like it doesn't feel shoehorned like oh we want to make this fit with this or like what's happening with the country or, or this or politics or blah 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 i'm like that's exactly lex luther that's exactly, exactly who lex luther is the whole yeah. the whole the whole monologue about about uh you know people love a guy who tells it like it is all you gotta do is make them think you're telling it like it is like like just hide the truth in a way that that or hide yeah hide the lies in a way that makes it sound like the truth and they'll be all over it because they love a guy who tells it like it is exactly actually i have the exact quote here i wrote it down because i thought it was so good he says apparently people love a guy that tells it like it is the key is if you can get them to buy it long enough they stop being able to discern whether you're telling it like it really is or how you want them to believe it is and that is one true because we've seen it again and again and again throughout history. Yes. You know, like it is just it's McCarthyism. It's, you know, and, and what I also like, it, it is both sides. It's playing with Trumpism, but it's also playing with cancel culture, like at the same time, but in like in a lot of ways, almost in like a reverse way. Right. You know, mm -hmm. where it's like he's not canceled. Like this is yeah, the guy yeah. that you would like assume would you like everyone would be like yes he tried to mind control us perhaps maybe he, we should cancel him so, mm -hmm. so, like societally and everyone's and they're like nah yeah nah. wasn't enough evidence yeah 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 so what what are you gonna do and I just think that's that's really really good I'm captivated by that maybe because we live it and maybe that's like and you know because we live you know the age of of what is moral relativism what is truth you do your thing and that's fine i'll do my thing but what if your thing hurts me ah well you know then i'll have a problem with it but moral to relative like right. moral relativism like like that's like they're really going for it they season. really are and even down to the even down to like the catco stuff where um where Andrea is, and I know we're going to get into the unbiased. In fact, maybe this is a good way to get. Maybe we should go to unbiased journalism. Sure. Yeah. Because the fear doesn't actually like it, it's a total. It's like unto itself. It, it, it kind does. Of thing, yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, so so yeah. Like the you know the idea of uh, Andrea being like, well, we know he's going to be convicted, so let's just write the story now. We write we write uh, obits before the person dies, right? So what's the difference? Mm -hmm. um, and it's like it's like uh, Perry White in. Um, Superman returns where he's like Superman lives. Superman oh lives. yes, the two yeah. yes, the two headlines. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's it's like, okay, we're gonna have we're gonna have uh we're just gonna rewrite it because what does it matter? And and behind her is that striking like the cover of the magazine is a picture of Lex and it says guilty. guilty. Um she's declaring him guilty in the in the press. And it it's that's a that also speaks to the, the moral relativism point in the in the idea of like we some we live in different realities based on where we get our news you know it, it's what whatever is uh 
the same person is, is either a hero or a villain, depending on which news channel you watch or, mm-hmm. or, uh, or a set of, uh, events either happened or didn't happen at all, depending on which, which news channel you watch. And if that other news channel would stop pretending that this actually happened, then, then we could get on with our Like that, that literally happens and mm-hmm. it messes with, with our reality. You can't have a conversation with someone at like Thanksgiving because you can't even agree on the set of facts of whether or not an event transpired or whether Absolutely. or not a person mm-hmm. said or did a thing uh, or not, because you don't even have that base uh, agreement of like, simple facts whether they're they're true or not and andrea is sort of contributing to that in declaring him guilty before the trial even happens right. which is horrible journalistic malpractice i might add um, absolutely mm-hmm. and uh it's you know it is her she wants to expose lex she wants to make up for the horrible things she did uh or, or the horrible things she facilitated last season but is she going too far in the other direction in um as much Absolutely. as we all know we all know that we viewers of the show who don't live in that world we know lex is guilty but right. is it fair for her to declare him guilty in the in the press before he's had uh his day in court no no it's not no. even if we know he's guilty that's right and and i mean like that's again like you said like we have we have inside in we have yes. inside yeah. information um and so we're we are allowed to look at Lex and be like, we know you're evil. We know that you're doing it like you're doing it wrong. Um, and so, um, but I, um, but you're right. I didn't really think about Andrea, but like, she's like pushing. She's like, no more clickbait, like real journalism, blah, blah, blah. Let's write the headlines and the news before it's the news. Right. Like, what are you, the bad guy from Tomorrow Never Dies? Yeah. Like, yeah. are you Jonathan what? Price? Yeah. yeah. No more clickbait, except now you're creating clickbait. Like, you're you're yeah. trying so hard not to create clickbait, you reinvented it. Right. And, and I mean, to be fair, she, well, no, they did publish it, didn't they? Like, that was the thing, because he says that, like, because he's like, they wrote that thing Lex was like they wrote that thing about me turns out it wasn't true but it is true right. and I think that's actually what also hurts in Andrea's position because I'm like well you're actually not wrong Andrea but like you can't write that because that does make you fight because you're yeah. going against the thing but you're actually te- but she is actually telling the truth and so but but and so but like so do you uphold this is where the power thing comes in again. So, like, are, are so do you uphold the the governmental law, or is it the like, is it natural law, natural moral law that you're talking about? Because then she, because that's really what she's playing with, um, and that's like, and where do you where do you stop on either end of that? And that's really what that's really what William is also struggling with too, right? Yes. You know, because he watches the trial and all this stuff, and he, like the truth is not enough to save the world at this moment. The truth. Because Lex is using the truth to his advantage because he ends he's gonna end up warping the truth. He's basically gaslighting the world. Um and and so like and so where's William gonna end up in all of this? How does that play out when like everything you believe in is literally being turned against you because it's moral relativism? And- I I'm I'm very interested in, in where William's headed, and I feel like Nia has something to do with that. And she will be some kind of his, his, mm, I don't know, she'll be a, a partner for him and a, and a guide for him maybe in some way and mm-hmm. him in some way. And I yep. think a lot of it hinges on Kara coming back too. And I, I think so. Yeah. In, in, in the longer run. I'm very interested in, in where he's, he's going with, uh, in, in his storyline. 
because he was very yeah. he was very shaken by that. He was very shaken by that, and clearly that's kicking off a season long sort of journey of discovery for him in some way. That's that is correct. And to go back to on Andrea for a second too, on a smaller scale, you're talking about the Lex Pose um, here, but from Andrea's point of view, she kind of gets she tries to get Lena to this goes back to the power thing. She tries to get Lena to like fess up on Lex to help Catco. Um, and so, and that's like a selfish gain. That's, you know, but that's also, she's like, that's using journalism as a weapon, but not as a weapon of defense. It's enough. Like it's a, def, like, like an attack weapon. The, yeah. It, yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not it, because it, the truth can be offensive in, but like in the, in a lot of ways, in every sense of that word, actually, right. You know, to, to offend somebody because it's true, but also to like, to defend with offense, you know, the yes. Best, yeah. You know, the best defense is a good offense. That's or, right. Please you know, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, no, no, I don't ab- know. Absolutely. Truthfully, I really think that having the year basically to prep for season six big big win in a lot of ways like because i'm just like you had the time you really thought about this they used like, that time they they oh, broke yeah. they broke stories clearly spent a lot of time breaking stories and and getting into some nitty gritty um and i'll be curious to see if the if the season continues the way it has been with you know a teleplay and a and a story by um because they had all that time and if they'll have like they'll have people doing more than one pass on, on an episode because they had the time to do that and to like fine tune and hone some of these mm-hmm. character moments and tie them back to like these season themes yep yeah it's it's uh, i was really yeah i mean you could even tell from the length of this episode and what we're doing right now like we're not we haven't even talked about the third theme yet and it, there's just so much here um so, but let let's break this down. We've already talked about overcoming fear. The phantoms are kind of representational of all of that, right? Because they, you know, with the the you know the happiness and the sucking and all of this blah blah blah. And so you get you get basically every character coming to terms with um coming to terms with their fear in some way. You know, Zorel mm-hmm. we just exists in the phantom zone because he's afraid of dying, right? He he ditches he last ditch attempt to save his life he jumps into the phantom zone couldn't save your wife i get it which also makes me think like is it you you know i don't know if it's yeah you. yeah where's nope. allura you know i wonder i wonder i have to wonder yeah allura is Kara's mom right yes yeah yeah lara yes. is lara's Clark's mom. Clark's yeah mom. okay mm-hmm. alert yeah okay so um so um you know and and, and Zor has given into the zone. He's been there for so long. The Phantom Zone isn't something you can fight, he says. But Kara, ever the beacon of truth, says, I would rather live through torture and do something than exist for the sake of it. The House of El is meant for more than that. And I love that. I would I would rather live through torture and do something than exist for the sake of it. To do nothing is implicates you just as much as doing something right you know and so like to stand by and not help to not act Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. to merely exist is not an option i agree if you are a contributing member of anything and Mm -hmm. she's looking at it it like philosophically is a big deal this is how she lives got to do something that's the way I live, you know. That's the Superman way, and it's actually a, we don't talk about other 
like the DC real we don't really talk outside the Arrowverse too too much, but Zack Snyder's Justice League spoiler, Superman comes back. And, you know, like he he's hugging Lois and Lois and Ma Kent and he's like, Well, all right, I have to go see why they need they need me back. Like I, I, they need me back for a reason, so I'm gonna go find out. I'm gonna go find out what that is. That's what Kara is speaking about here. I would rather live through torture and do something than exist for the sake of it. That's emotional torture, physical torture, spiritual torture, whatever that is. That's how the L's operate. Yeah. And Zor has been so stuck in the zone, so stuck in his fear that he's he's not seeing it yet. Mm-hmm. But he, but he gets there because he gets of Kara. There. He gets there. Yes. Yeah. It, it is a fundamental sort of tenet of that family that, like, I'm going to do the right thing or die trying. But, like, mm-hmm. I'm not just going to sit and watch. Just sitting and watching, not my, not what, what, the, what they do. Not my bag, baby. Mm-mm. Not what yeah. they do, not what they're wired to do. They are wired no. to do the right thing. Even back on Krypton, Jor-El being like, uh, the planet's going to explode. We need to get off. And the, the council being like, nah, we're fine. Seriously. The planet's going to explode, and I am going to send my infant son into the abyss to save him. I can't just sit here and do nothing. Like, mm-hmm. that's how hardwired this is for them. That's right. That's right. It's in the family. You know, and it's funny because, like, if anybody knows anything about their family history, like, like I don't know if, like, Frank, how much you know about yours or whatever else, but, like, my, we can trace my both my parents have been awesome about like tracing theirs back like hundreds and hundreds of years and so like i like my mom's family was like easy to trace because they were like aristocrats for a long long time and so there's like you know like books and you know wikipedia pages and like all this stuff about them so they're easy to trace but like i read about them and i'm like that legitimately is still my family that's the way that like my mom thinks that's the way that we were taught that's the way we were raised like it hasn't changed in hundreds and hundreds of years and i just think that is wild because that's the house of l it doesn't change they just friggin do the right thing as much as they can even if some members get lost um along the way there are others there to pick up that slack and that is just so so cool it's so I cool it's that. so powerful and to your point it's actually kind of realistic it is there's some verisimilitude yeah. there yeah exactly um let's talk about alex um because she's afraid of losing car forever you know which i think is a, a general fear of Alex's that's you know like something she kind of always r- runs with somewhere in the back of her head but whereas other people like there's some denial going on Alex is not in denial that Kara is lost it's more that she's in denial like how lost you know right and like and how difficult it is going to be to get her back right you know and she she does this she's like order all the pot stickers we're getting Kara back today everybody and so I was like um no we're not i don't even know where i get her back next week let alone today right like where is this coming from and then so to flash to the end of the episode and you have all that chinese food stacked on top of each other over like over and over this is like the visualization of her denial is all right there and it was just kind of heartbreaking i mean we talk about the pot stickers all the time um and just like how much that rep that how much that represents their relationship and you know like you know the this imagery always coming back to this act of communion of sharing food Mm -hmm. with one Mm -hmm. another all the time breaking bread together right exactly breaking pot stickers together and 
and um and and for Alex to say I don't see any path at all is the deepest woes of her despair. Like Alex always sees a way out. That's the way Alex works. That's a Danvers sister's trait. It like the Danvers and the L's. That's what you do. And for like I don't see a way out. That's yeah. That's heavy, man. Yeah, it is, and that's why I love her relationship with Kelly so much because Kelly is the one who can. When she needs it, Kelly's the one who brings her back from that, that brink of despair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who can talk Absolutely. her talk her out of that and, and give her hope again. Because, yeah, I feel like what Kara gets from the L's is that constant desire to do good. To do good. And what she gets from the Danvers side is that fierceness, that, that refusal to take no for an answer. And here we're seeing for one of the very few times, Alex... Alex com- coming to terms with the fact that maybe no is the answer. Maybe we're not getting her back. Um, I just don't see how we're going to, I don't see a path. I don't see how we get her back. And Kelly, like a good partner, like any good partner. She's there, like State Farm. She's there. Yeah. Like a good partner, Kelly is able to help Alex be more herself. And herself is a person who f- is fierce and fights and finds a way, even when there's no path to victory. Mm-hmm. And Kelly does that twice. In this episode, because she help, she does it with Alex. She helps with Alex, and then as you know, a professional, she she helps um, she helps Silas in the same way. Silas's Silas's fear is like that's what I'm telling you. Even the freaking guest star has like a little bit of an arc. Like that's it is good writing this this week. Um, it was great, really, really. But um, like you know, he's afraid of everything. Losing his husband, like he lost his husband. Um, he's afraid of like losing that, like going through that pain and that torture all over again, reliving that past memory. But like by helping Kara, it's like empowerment right and so and and kelly helps him to turn that fear into something like uh, something that really works for him you know channel the goodness out of you know out of the fear it's it's very good um and then we have lena right you know who's afraid to guess testify against Lex. she wants her privacy and uh, you know andrea attempts to use that friendship with lena to help catco and blah, sure. blah blah we talked about that but Lena taking the stand means that she has to accept the guilt from her actions, potentially damaging her family name. This is all fear, fear of her reputation, fear of what she could lose, fear of all this stuff, because Lena's always afraid to lose something. She's yeah. afraid to lose her friends. She's afraid to lose the company. She's afraid. She's always wrapped in that. But that was such a good wraparound to her first appearance where she shows up and she's like, I'm here to clear the Luther name. That's why it's Elcorp instead of Luther Corp. You know, like we're ditching the Luther where we got to help the family name. And now she's willing to damage the name and her own name in the in the in response to justice mm-hmm, right and mm-hmm. you know and that is that's that's and her testifying helps her do that yeah it's amazing it's uh it's pretty outstanding i also stuff. really love the andrea connection here because and yes we did talk about this a little bit but i'll just quickly say i don't think i don't know that lena would have testified had she not had that sort of primer from Andrea, that 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 discussion, that that for initial nudge, and sure, Andrea didn't do it for, hey, I'm your friend, and I think you should do this because the right thing reasons. She did it for self benefiting reasons and helping Kako. But that push, nonetheless, gave Lena sort of the the momentum she needed to go and and do this. It put the idea in her head, and then she ran with it. 
That's right. And I mean, the conversation with Lillian also helps a great deal because Lillian, along with Lena, is also afraid of, you know, losing the family name and blah, 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 all this, you know, all this stuff. And so that, you know, like, I'll sell you my shares so you have control of the company. We don't really get a definitive answer on that. So we know that's coming into play later. Um, So obviously, I think she does take it, I would assume. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, Nia is afraid, I think, to step into Kara's shoes as a reporter and as Dreamer, as the hero. You've got both you've got both playing here because, you know, she shows up at Kako and Andrea's like, Okay, you're gonna go do this courthouse thingy with William mm. Kara's because Kara's on assignment with Cat, blah blah blah, all this stuff. And she's like, Uh, what? Mm-hmm. Me? Mm-hmm. Uh, hello? Like, I don't have the experience for that. I'm like, bye bye, William's there, okay, go. Yeah. You know, so there's that yeah, there's that fear. Um, and then as the hero where they're like, okay, you got to train, you got to do this, you got to do this. Brandy's like, you got to do this. And she's like, um, I'm not like, no, I'm, she's like, I'm alone. Like everybody that would actually help me do these things is gone. And I just love that it's Brainy's turn to pep talk, you know, and emotionally pep talk, not logical pep talk from Brainy. It is emotional pep talk with a, with a, with a slight dusting or sprinkling of of logic yeah you know i love his i love his pep talk being about like listen i'm from a future where like we knew supergirl from like the history books and but now you and i know her for real right like we know her we actually know her and we know what she would do we know what she would want us to do i thought it was a great a great pep talk and and striking a very different note like brainy has grown like all of these characters yes we're talking about how they're overcoming their fears but mm-hmm. they've all grown so much from the first time we saw them, and that includes characters that we saw for the first time in this episode, like Silas, for characters that we saw for the first time a season ago, like Andrea, mm-hmm. or characters that we saw way back in the pilot, like Alex. We have seen all of these characters grow um, in, in so many ways, and I love, I love, love, love that they are just, like you said, they're just not quitting. They're not quitting at the end of this the series here. They are, we're in the final season, and we are going to make a a mad dash to the final stretch that we are not resting on our laurels here. It's going to be this. If the writing keeps up at this pace, Oh boy, what a season yeah. we got ahead of us. I agree. Uh, I'm totally with you. Speaking of actually was brainy. Good bit. Um, brainy still doing his Sherlock Holmes moves. The, the logical, like, yes. I know where you're going to hit thing, but I like that. It was just like, we've seen him do it so often now that you can actually recognize his fighting style without the narration or anything like that. It's like, I know what you're doing. Like, that's fun. I love it. Real fun. I love it. Yeah. And uh, finally, so Jean is afraid of his own guilt, right? He doesn't know. He doesn't want to live knowing he didn't do absolutely everything to save Kara from the Phantom Zone because he's also afraid afraid of losing Alex too, which all stems back into his fear of losing his family again. You know, Jean, you know, like, what if what if I lose this family that I've created for myself? We spend all these seasons getting Jean, like, kind of into the fold, being more trusting, being more open. You know, he's like, oh, I'm afraid to, you know, join with McGon. I'm this and this and all of this stuff. And so, and here we are, and it's all about, like, doing everything he absolutely can because he, like, that's when when you lose somebody and you feel like you could have saved them or you could have done something different. And, you know, and if that's like you, like it could be anything, like it could be, you know, like a lost relationship. It, it could be a death. It could be, it could be any number of things like 
could I have done something different? And that's the fear that that eats away at Jean. Could I, Jean, could I have done something different? And he's going to feel, and if he doesn't do absolutely everything necessary for Kara, then he's, he feels like that's it. I've lost the family yep. again. Same yep. with Alex over and over again. Um, and so for his reaction, especially when he talks to McGon and all that stuff is like, he needs to stop thinking in terms of family and quote, just be a soldier, like turn off the emotion and go in for the logic, which I don't think is going to work the way that he wants it to. That never feels like a good thing. Especially um, not from what we know about this character. Like, that's nope. not really how he operates. He is he is more compassionate than that. He can't really completely turn off the compassion and just be, quote-unquote, a good soldier. He mm-hmm. is he is like the House of El in that way, where he can't just stand by and let bad things happen and, and, and feel like he didn't do absolutely everything that he could have done to stop it. Yep, and I, I completely agree. I think the whole good soldier thing is what he's telling, what he thinks he needs, but it's not actually how it's going to end nope. up. Not exactly how it's going to end up panning out. No, no, but um, but that kind of wraps up that kind of wraps up story time village, uh, and this episode before the trailer. So Frank, where can the people find us? Uh, if you're not sticking around to hear about the trailer for next week and uh, possible spoilers for that, you can find us at SupergirlTVTalk.com. You can. Listen and subscribe and follow us on all the various podcast apps from there, places like Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. All the great places. You can rate and review us in those places. A rating or review on Apple Podcasts goes especially far and is especially helpful. So thank you. Uh, if you haven't done that already, consider doing that. Just take a second and and uh, tap the five-star button or, or, or write us a couple of lines and tell us uh, how you feel about the show. We really appreciate that and helps other folks find the show here in our final season. You can also find us at foppableaudio.com where all of our other podcasts uh, also live. Tim mentioned Academy Rewind. That's where he and our friend Palmer go through every Oscar nominated best picture uh, and, and they, they break them all down and decide, did this movie actually decide best picture or not? Um, it's a lot of a lot of fun. I I, I learn a lot listening to that show, um, and you can hear Tim talk about a few good men over there. Um, <laughs> Again, that episode is literally dropping like in like next week or the week after. Amazing, like that. yeah, amazing. See mm-hmm. synergy. Yep. So that's Company over at synergy. Yeah, yeah, that's over at academyrewind.com or thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Thought Bubble Audio is our network. We have lots of friends with lots of other shows that we have. Uh, we share there at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. And you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio if you want to chip in a couple bucks and help us uh, keep doing all these shows. So uh, those are those are the main ways to find us. Mail at supergirltvtalk.com, of course, at TV Supergirl on Twitter. And uh, we will see you on the internet. Well, yeah, we will, Frank. Let's talk about the trailer and the trailer TV talk. We didn't send all the phantoms back to the Femzo. One got out. Kara is gone. I was sent here by a madman. She's trapped in a cold hell. How can you just march on like nothing is wrong? Because marching is the only way to get her back. The title of this episode was is Phantom Menaces, which I think is hilarious. What a great play on Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. Um, originally titled Phantoms of the Opera, but they changed mm-hmm. it. Can you speak Can you speak to that? Yes. Uh, originally, the title was Phantoms of the Opera, but they changed that. 
You know, I'm so glad that you're on the show. Yep. Sometimes you're just yep. a wealth of knowledge. Now it's Phantom Menaces. I, that's yeah. all I got. That's yeah. all. That's all we know. Um, yeah, it was going to be called Phantoms of the Opera. So I, I wonder if that was there's just an opera scene. I mean, I wonder if opera plays into it in some way, or if that was just a silly pun, and they were like, "Nah, there's no opera is misleading. Phantom Menaces is better." Um, I mean, that that one actually does work because you know you have like the Phantom that was like creeping inside of silas at right. the end that there's a menace we don't know about you know so to catch a phantom oi this phantom is a real menace you know <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah now this is phantom racing hey um, there yeah, you go yeah. so um i did have know. the thought like to catch a phantom too that that's uh so <laughs> because that's that's clearly what we're what we're what we're getting onto, and i i mean so clearly one of the phantoms didn't go back to the phantom zone and this is giving me big uh big vibes from Smallville season six. So Smallville season six and Supergirl season six are are meeting in the middle. And mm-hmm. uh we they both consist of plots plots uh constructed around phantoms escaping from the phantom zone. In Smallville it was a bunch of phantoms that Clark had to spend the whole season chasing them down and, and put them back in the zone. It doesn't look like that's where we're headed with this necessarily, but I just thought that was funny. At the, and it, not, it, not only it, that, that it was a similar plot line, but it was in season six of both shows. That is wild. I hope that's. I hope we're not seeing some plagiarism there. I mean, it's kind of overt plagiarism, so probably not. But um, you never know. I mean, um, is it plagiarism if you're? I mean, you know, they borrow stuff from the comics all the time. So what's borrowing something from another show? Good point, Frank. Excellent, excellent point. Also, when you're, it's also a super family show. Like you're obviously going to cross paths with something at some point. Exactly. You know, like you're gonna never talk about the Phantom Zone or you know something like that. So right. Um. Totally different. They're called phantoms in this show, Frank. Not yeah, zoners. Not the same. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah. the same thing at all. Yeah. Um. The um. The official description reads: uh, A battle of wits. Supergirl makes a new ally. Lena and Lex battle for control of Luther Corp. So, I think that that answers whether or not Lena actually did take up Lillian on on buying her shares. Um. Mm-hmm. If they're battling over Luther Corp, clearly there's got to be. There, I'm thinking they're battling over who gets her shares. Oh, who gets well control of 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 the company? Who gets the controlling share? Or or Lena actually has the control, but Lex is like, "F you, I don't care. I'm Lex Luther. I'm taking control of the company." <laughs> yeah, maybe, uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe I don't know. I just love Lex's theme. It just it just gets caught in my head. It's amazing. It's very uh, very good. I what I do like about this uh, this whole episode actually is that it, Lex didn't overshadow the episode, which sometimes that happens when Lex is actually in an episode. You're like, oh, it's the Lex Luthor show, and everybody else is also here, right? Um, and so in this one, I really felt that they like really gave a lot of weight to everybody, um, where Lex is a part of the ensemble as opposed to it's the Lex show, yeah. Um. And not that I'm like completely upset uh, about it being the lecture because I really like his take on the character. Obviously, I have strong feelings about enjoying the character's presence in in, in Superman storylines or, or Supergirl storylines. But still, it's good to see. It is, yeah. Uh, I, I like that he's not dominating because, yeah, he there there when he was blowing up castles and stuff uh, and and listening to my way. Um, yeah, that's definitely overshadowing the the story a bit. But this is. The, the, he's more well integrated here, and I'm I'm really enjoying that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, and so of course, um, 
everyone is still falling prey to their worst fears and everyone's still sad and blah, blah, blah. And we'll see what happens, Frank, next week on Supergirl. Same super time, same super channel. But Frank, until then, up, up and away.